Good evening. The podcast you're about to experience contains elements of adult language and unpopular opinions. It's dark and adult in nature. Nothing is off limits. If you find any of this nature offensive, I suggest leaving and listening to the Just Some Magic podcast. Ready or not, it's time to unmask the tragic. Welcome to Just Some Tragic. Hey guys, I am so excited for you guys to listen to this episode, but first I have to say how excited I am to have Bob Chapek out and Bob Iger back in. <laughs> if you're on any Disney social media account, you have definitely seen that changeover and I would like to know what your thoughts are about this new change, good or bad. If you would like to submit your story and your thoughts to the Just Some Magic podcast, uh, you can go to justsomemagic.com and submit your stories there. There will be a link down in the show notes as well. So I can't wait to hear your alls thoughts and opinions. Thanks so much. Now on with the show. Hello, everybody. I am even more excited for this episode than I've been for, I don't want to say for all my other episodes, but I've been most excited about doing this little side project for a very, very long time. This is the first official guest episode of the Just Some Tragic podcast. So Just Some Tragic is going to be a spinoff series of... Just some magic. So just some magic's all focused about the positive, the good, just some tragic is getting real and uh, talking all of the not so good things at the parks and whatnot. So there may be cussing, there may be other topics and stuff. So today I wanted to have Chris on. Say hi, Chris. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> he is a dear friend of mine, him and his wife, Bridget, and I've had Chris on before and on the just some ma some magic side, but now we're going to do the tragic. And do you want to give a little teaser of why I brought you on today to talk about? Um, I'm accused of being, uh, I would say, a Disney hater, even though I'm an enormous fan. Um, and it's not because I hate Disney. It's because I'm very objective and critical in my analysis of what they're doing. Obviously mm -hmm. I still love the parks. I'm still a magic key holder in California. Um, but at some degree we have to be honest with how Disney is sort of treating its customers and what that could lead to in the future. And so, um, I'm here to be the resident shit talker. I love it. I seriously, I love it. Resident shit talker. And you, I kind of told you off before we started recording, you are just so knowledgeable than just the average Disney theme park fan and even just like annual pass holders slash key holders and stuff. And actually, I think it was really telling that you said, um, what was like the last thing you said? You said um, how they're treating their I mean, customers. And the fact that you yes. said customers and not guests just proves that they're literally treating us like customers and not guest and using their terminology that they use like cast members and on stage backstage etc so it's really telling you know oh, yeah. we you know just because we want to shit talk disney doesn't mean we don't love disney mm -hmm. we just think it's unfortunate that the ownership and the ownership management have taken it in a direction that has detracted from the you know the, the historical brand integrity 
you know, just to get started, for those that don't know about what's going on at Disneyland as magic key holders. So can you, before we deep dive into that, can you kind of just give a general overview of like what's going on over there? Because I even truly don't know too much being over on the West Coast and, you know, we still have annual passes and stuff. Well, I let mine expire just to prove the point of this conversation because <laughs> um, I just been priced out and I just popping over to Universal, which is just a, sometimes even more fun. I don't know. That's a whole nother separate episode. But do you, would you like to explain what's going on with the Magic Keys in Disneyland? It is. Yeah. I mean, uh, Disney, I mean, it's not too different from what's happening in Florida, but in Disneyland, uh, they've been looking for every opportunity possible to nickel and dime guests into relinquishing more of their money per visit, whether that's an annual pass holder or a magic key holder, or you're, you know, a family visiting from out of town. They have really done their best to press you to spend as much money as possible. And understandably, they're a business. They're in, they're in the business to make money. But at the same time, you're not going to get repeat guests. You're not going to get super fans like yourself who are going to let their passports expire if you were to treat people better. Um, so basically, there's a lot of nickel and diming going on. The price of admission has skyrocketed. Um, the price of parking has skyrocketed. They've given parking as a perk to less people. The perks of an annual pass have deteriorated over time. And uh, they keep on trying to hand out freebies, but the freebies that they're handing out are just like as cut, you know, cutting corners as possible as they possibly could. What's um, an example of one of the freebies? Uh, you know, they gave us a reusable straw last year. As oh like a, my! Thank, thank you, thank you for being a magic key holder. And now, this this was a branding item that they gave that that companies buy to like hand out at like conferences. You go to like some silly conference in Vegas, and they put their brand logo on it and hand it out to you. Yeah, it's a promotional item. It's not like a button. Like I would have been much happier with like a custom button that said, you know, Magic Key Holder 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and put something on there that made yeah. sense. That would have been so much better because it would have been like a legitimate keepsake. But literally, they hand they. I wish I had a picture to show it to. You. I didn't keep it, of course, because it's worthless. Um, <laughs> it, it was literally a plastic straw. Like it was, it was just hilarious. Anyways, um, wait, you know, they, they didn't keep, even like splurge for the metal detractable ones that you see on Amazon for dirt cheap. No, they were they they. <laughs> No, they were they were two piece plastic. It had like a little case, and they twisted apart in the middle, and uh, that was it. Did it even work? It worked. I mean, okay, good. I, like, I mean, the thing is, it wasn't a Disney product. Like, it's a product you buy from like a promotional vendor. So they mm-hmm. they're probably making millions and millions and millions <laughs> of these. So you know, whatever hundred thousand order that Disney had for them was probably they probably spent ten grand on it in total. Uh, they probably spent more time in the employees handing it out in like just a few days than they actually spent on the straws themselves. So <laughs> it's like one step above a branded frisbee. <laughs> a, a frisbee would have been more useful than I could have thrown it to my dog. <laughs> and she's coming in right now. Oh my gosh. Hello. Oh my gosh. So sweet. Um, that's hilarious. Okay. So back on track. So they're just trying to justify their cutting cost and other perks with cheap freebies cheap freebies um there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek where they like we say we love you but they really don't they make it as difficult as possible for you to get a reservation Mm. and and they really are 
holding reservations for single day ticket holders and only relinquishing them to magic key holders at the very last possible moment, assuming they can't sell a regular ticket. So there's very a second class citizen feeling among all magic key holders. And pretty much if you know anything about Disneyland versus Disney World, I feel like the common thing is Disneyland is annual pass holders. Disney World is tourist. Like that's your locals and stuff. Or that's who your target audience is. Two completely different audiences. And the like, if you just know the bare minimum of that. You realize like treating annual pass holders or magic key holders as second class citizens is like the worst. Um, will you, I was just thinking of the t-shirt you made. Can you explain that? <laughs> it was the um, best I, thing I was- ever. I wasn't the first person who wore it, but after the comments that came out of the uh, shareholder, the, the shareholder earnings call last quarter, they actually used the words in the official documents uh, describing a lack of revenue generated at Disneyland because of an unfavorable mix of guests. <laughs> so I myself, and I'm not the only person, if you go to Disneyland right now, you will see at least 10 people wearing this t-shirt. It says unfavorable attendee on it. That's incredible. uh, It's kind of like our little throwback. Um, At D23, is kind of funny. Bob Chapek, uh, he had a 15-minute interview with The Hollywood Reporter and made it a point to say, we love all of our guests equally. Mm. But then he immediately proceeded to say, but we want to make room for the people from Colorado. Because apparently he just thinks there's a ton of people in Colorado with hundreds of thousands of available dollars to spend at Disneyland. So they're, they're just playing this PR game. I mean, they, they can't write in their shareholder report and call people unfavorable guests and then turn around and say, Hey, we love all of our guests. It's just a disaster. And also, wouldn't you think that family from Colorado would want to go to four parks, two water parks, like 33 plus hotel options. You think like if out of the two, Without knowing, oh, no, just it's, like... oh, it's no question. Like, I mean, I only go here because I live here and I have a childhood connection to the park. Mm-hmm. If I had to take anything more than a two hour plane ride to get to a Disney resort of some kind, of course I would go to Florida. It's mm-hmm. ridiculously cheaper from the hotel standpoint, from the ticket standpoint. Um, annual pass holders have never been the problem here in terms of the park population. Uh, the the problem that the problem that they have is that they see Disneyland as like oh we want to turn this into Disney World because clearly they make more money off of people on vacation because they're eating two to three meals in the park they're staying on property um, they kind of have that vacation mentality so they'll blow more money on merch and things like that mm-hmm. and they want that to be Disneyland and it's simply not going to be the case because most people's budgets are not elastic so when you're already charging fifty or a hundred dollars more to get into the park and then you're, you know, not, not to mention the genie plus and lightning lane options on top of that. That's Uh, a whole nother episode. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, that's going to dig into the merch budget. That's going to dig into the food budget and every family is going to look at that and they're going to say, you know what, we're just going to wait for Epic universe to come out and then we're going to go to universal next year. Yeah. I guess in two years. Two years. Yeah. I know. I felt so bad. I told a six-year-old boy, I was like, Super Mario World's coming. Just It's going to be right up the street. And he goes, oh, can we go? And I'm like, you're going to be eight when it opens. So I hope you still like Mario. 
he, he definitely will. Let me actually yeah. funny story. So Bridget, um, Bridget's my wife. Morgan knows my wife. Amazing um, human. So yes. full of energy. <laughs> she teaches third grade right now in Irvine, California, which is 10, literally 10 minutes from Anaheim, assuming no traffic. She asked her class, who's been to Disneyland? Three. Three kids in her class had been to Disneyland. Wow. And we're they're talking that about close. The, that close. We're talking about the best, cheapest, easiest case scenario where Disney's running promotional off-season tickets for families all the time to come to Disneyland. Only three of her you know, 30 kids have ever been to Disneyland before. Dang. But the secret is every single one of them knows who Super Mario is. Mm. So there's, I, I think the balance of power is going to shift very quickly because I feel like the traditional get Disney guest became that way because their family were Disney guests or Disney, you know, Disney fans yes. or whatever. I don't yes. feel like the current young generation is, is ingrained. They're much more interested in video games and mm -hmm. IPs and properties that are not associated okay. with Disney. Uh, I keep seeing kids just mostly watch YouTube than just like, you know, Saturday morning cartoons or um, just original Disney movies. Like our generations were very, very lucky with the amount of amazing content. And that's a whole nother topic of just like them franchises and other things and stuff like that. Just the quality has gone down and it's more about quantity. Um, but yeah, like you said, these kids are going to know these things and like, they don't have that nostalgia attached to Disney, which is why most, a lot of us go. And so universal is kind of like very slowly, but very like everybody joked like, Oh, Universal's like the cool, old, like cool uncle to Disney world or Disneyland. But now they're, they're sneaking around and like they're doing it very funny and tastefully and they're hitting it harder and smarter than everything. I don't know what I'm saying, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I mean, this, uh, I, this is purely personal opinion. I mean, the last great land that Disney did was Cars Land in California. Yes. And oh. ever since Universal did Harry Potter World, Disney's just been trying to play catch up. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, they, they did the whole Avatar Pandora thing, which looked beautiful. Yes. But it's but it doesn't resonate with core Disney guests. There's no right. emotional attachment to it. People go to it because they, you know, they like Animal Kingdom because it's got a mm -hmm. slower pace and I think it's I think it's fun to be around especially, you know, depending on the age group and demographic of your family. But And there's like a e-ticket attraction there, um Flight of Passage, which is phenomenal, but it's not as repetitive as I don't know, Rise of the Resistance or other stuff like that. Um Wait a minute, what? wait a minute. You think Rise of the Resistance is repetitive? Actually, no. <laughs> like, once you've done it, like, maybe okay. four times, like, two on either side, you're like, all right, we could go into Rise of the Resistance and how I feel about that. <laughs> but I I do love Pandora. It, I don't really care about the movie. I remember seeing it, like, high school prom after party where, like, the school puts it on and they were playing it on the big TV. I didn't even really care about it. But the world is so cool. It's so immersive. And they have the most amazing food. So if you and Bridget ever come out here, you have to go to Statuli's. Any Disney World local will tell you that. Um, there are times that I've – sorry, we're getting off tangent. But there are times I literally went to the park to go get dinner, maybe do a ride, like the safari because it's pretty fast moving or like the line is. And then I went home. Like that was literally – I went there for dinner. That's how good <laughs> the food is there. But, yes, it's I mean not nearly as comparable to Harry Potter. 
which is what you were talking yeah. about before. And I mean, uh, we've already seen the reviews from Super Nintendo World in Tokyo. It is just off the charts. Great. Yeah. The reception is amazing. Everybody I've talked to who's been is just, they cannot shut up about it. Um, and really? and, and in, in Florida, when they do Super Nintendo World and right next door is going to be a Donkey Kong Country themed roller coaster. Oh, yes. You better believe I, I'm going to be a little kid. I mean. Yes. Are you and Bridget it's finally going to visit Florida? Of course we are. No, I, we were always oh. going to come after Tron was built if they ever finish it. <laughs> oh, um, my gosh. And even that, even I have no excitement for Tron whatsoever, only because I already heard the original ride was so short. And I heard Disney World is going to be a little bit shorter. And then just seeing the track from the construction on the outside, it looks cool. It's probably beautiful at night, but mm -hmm. but not to like rain on your parade of loving that <laughs> so sorry it, it's more of my obsession with the movie and the franchise than mm. than anything else mm -hmm. um i mean i people are gonna hate me for saying this i really have no desire to go on cosmic rewind and i'm <laughs> i never became a big marvel fan like i like guardians i'm not like into guardians if that makes mm -hmm. sense mm -hmm. um but the ride vehicle mechanism, I've never really enjoyed simulator rides as much as I enjoy the artistry and craftsmanship of practical animatronics and, and scenes. So like you're you're gonna have it's gonna be a really, really hard sell for me to like that more than I like Crush's coaster in Paris, which Ooh. is maybe my maybe one of my favorite Disney rides, period. Right. And can you explain to those the similarities between the two? Um, I know what Crush's Coaster looks like and how I've seen videos of it, but not actually been there yet. One so day. both both rides operate on the same mechanism. It's a it's it's a roller coaster train track, but the ride vehicle is capable of spinning and you can either let the ride spin at will. So it kind of can go crazy or you can control the movement. Um, of the ride. It, it's licensed from a German company that I think was the first one to make it. Um, and there, therefore there was an easy adoption for that ride mechanism in Paris, but it's a traditional Disney ride. And the fact that all the practical effects are mostly there, whereas mostly, you know, physical, whereas at cosmic rewind it's screens and lights and all that kind of stuff, which is going to be very, very cool. Um, but at the same time to kind of, should talk Disney a little bit. They, <laughs> That's what we're here for. That's been, what it's been, just it's some tragic song about. Of, yeah, it's been giving a lot of people Disneyness when they've been getting off the rides, and they've had incidents of people falling down those stairs. This is afterwards, anyway. So, Cosmic Rewind is all simulator based, and it being simulator based it means that you're just looking at screens for the most part, which it feels cheaper. And I'm I'm the type of person where. I per, I much prefer the physical artistry and I, I take much more uh, much more pride when looking at the you know the craftsmanship that goes into a beautiful physical animatronic mm -hmm. as opposed to hey we just threw up a TV screen and hired some animators right right which was Universal's original problem why people weren't loving Universal back in the day just as much as Disney because it was all like 3D simulator da -da 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 -da, and they're, uh, Universal's correcting itself. Hagrid's magical motorbike 
magical creature. It's the longest name in the world. But it is a roller coaster. You're on motorbikes, and it's, like, just thrilling enough for adults to love, but not too crazy where, like, kids can ride it and can't ride it. And there are physical sets. There's, you know, you see – I don't want to spoil too much for those you haven't done I know, Chris, you haven't done it. But the, there's Fluffy, the three-headed dog, life-size that you pass by. There's other cool things. You see Hagrid as an animatronic, like – you just appreciate it so much more when you're physically surrounded by everything. Like even just the simple little dark rides at Disneyland. I love, I love, I love, I love. Then like you said, a cheap TV screen, essentially. Yeah. Um, going back to rise of the resistance to kind of go after it. If it's your first time going on rise of the resistance, it's one of the coolest experiences end to end for a practical attraction. And I applaud Disney for doing the whole thing with real animatronics and real physical effects like that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Great. Was it probably over budget? Yes. Um, But the problem is there's no variation in the ride and end to end from the time you enter the pre-show, the first pre-show, because there's not one pre-show, right? right. There's not two (laughs) pre-shows. There's three pre-shows. So by the time. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, we don't want to spoil After, everything here. I'll say this really sidebar really quick. After the second pre-show, my mom thought the ride was over. And I'm like, Mom, we gotta we gotta go. We're you know, we're getting shipped to the direction this way because you know the storyline, which I don't want to spoil, but like, let's go. And she's like, But I wanna stay and look longer. I'm like, Mom, the ride's still going. She goes, Oh, I thought that was the ride. I'm like, Would you have been happy if that was just the ride? Probably not. Actually, I would. Now what? Now today, I would rather do the two first pre-shows and just hang out in the hangar room. Okay. I mean, I would love to hang out there and like have a sleepover and just like, you know, when you like kids go to like the museum and they spend the night, that'd be a cool place to do it. Or just like, just, just stare and look at it long enough to appreciate it and not be ushered out so quickly. Like I get that Mm -hmm. they want to have everyone get the experience of walking out into that empty room, but I want to sit there for a couple of minutes and just take it in, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm weird like that, but anyways, let me go back to my rant on it. Yes. It's 22 <laughs> minute experience from the time you enter to the time you get off the ride. That is a long time in a theme park. Yeah. I mean, for, for context, the longest ride in the park is, I mean, I guess it depends on the season and how quickly the ride vehicles are loading and unloading, but it's been pirates and small world. Oh, yes, yes, yes. At 11 and 13 minutes, respectively. Unless you want to count the train, which takes 24 minutes to loop the mm-hmm. park, depending on whether or not they had to put water in the engine. But mm-hmm. 22 minutes of time, end to end, just to sit in the ride vehicle for only the last maybe three minutes, I would say. Three, four minutes. Yeah. Is is kind of disappointing. And there's no variation. Like, they spent millions of dollars on this trackless ride system but they could have had it on a physical track and the ride would be no different. They could have mm-hmm. taken all that money and paid cast members more or repaired the ride and actually made it. So it stayed up and didn't go down <laughs> all the time. Oh my gosh. Which is, which is another one of their huge reliability issues, not only with that ride, but around the whole park these days, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's like, there's no surprise. So, and, and the whole, the whole ride is about circumventing your expectations, but when you already have those expectations by the third or fourth or fifth ride through, you're just kind of like, yeah, now when I'm going through here, I'm just kind of trying to look for small details that no one else really sees. Right. Right. I, I completely agree with you. Like after you've done 
there well there's people argue that well there's two different ride cars once you've done each ride car at least more than twice you know what you're doing you know what's going to happen you know where you're going you like it, it's baffling i think honestly one of my favorite parts was when you were in that room with the cannons and they would go forward and i don't know if at disneyland they have this problem but at disney world those don't move anymore back and forth like they're actually shooting and then recoiling back and that felt to me like real life frogger and that was like the biggest like I don't want to say thrill, but like threat level. I'm like, oh, snap. Like we could get crushed by these things if they just the timing was off or something. And it was really fun. And now they don't work anymore and they just light up and it's just really. So opening day, they all worked. (gasps) I have never been on it again when they've worked. I've I've maybe seen like one or two work occasionally, Mm -hmm. but basically now we're, we're at the same point. Ugh, where it's so it basically not working. I think also in the last like three or four times I have been on it, I think we've had B Kylo B for the for the vent for the for the ship blowing open, um, oh, where the Kylo animatronic is there. So yes. B mode is when it's displayed on the screens and he's in the ship outside. Mm-hmm. I've had B mode like I think <laughs> like three of the four last three of the four oh, last couple man. times. Every time I see Kylo Ren doing that, he looks like he's doing like jazz hands. Like he doesn't look like he's using the force. Like there's no like, like te- muscle tension and like, you know, how you, I, I feel like they could have reanimated that. But I do like that there's an actual animatronic there. Very, very cool. And how mm. it moves and stuff. But yeah, the, the force he uses is jazz hands. <laughs> jazz hands, orchestra conductor. Like it's just kind of. Yes, yes. I don't know. It's not. Oh. It, there's not like a, I don't know. There's not a sense of doom there. It's kind of, you're just like, oh, wait, I need to grab my hat here. Or else it's going to fall off. Right, right. I'll say this. You know what? Since this is just some tragic, let's just say spoilers. Let's just talk about spoilers. And if you don't want them, here's your very last warning. Just some tragic <laughs> is just going to be spoilers. So the first time I ever wrote it, I wrote it by myself because the people I lived with in Florida were at work. They actually worked at Disney at the time. And so I wrote it by myself and I, you know, you go, you click into the little elevator chute where you're the escape pod and it drops. And I guess everybody, and this is only the second day it opened. I guess everybody had already been on the ride and they had no reaction whatsoever because like you said it's repetitive it's the same thing me i screamed shitless because i was like it was like a quick ah and then i realized no one was saying anything i'm just like i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) i apologize for having a reaction to something i've never done before (laughs) well they also ruined it by on screen showing you the escape pod across from you dropping just before you do so you're given a visual prompt it's not even a surprise right right you think you're just gonna star tours it off nope yeah well in the build i mean the building's not that big either so i mean they they accelerate down quickly to make you feel like you've dropped further and then the brakes Mm -hmm. kick in at the bottom but you're i mean the building's only like four three four stories tall maybe it's not even as tall as like the parking structure so it's (laughs) it's not like there's it's not like there's a ton of verticality there Right, um, right. It's not Tower of Terror by any means. <laughs> no, right. And it's in it's much more tame and it's very short. It's just the one drop and then you're dive bombing at the planet. So, yeah. um, you know, that reminds me of um, Tower of Terror over at Tokyo. They are all about scary. But when it comes to thrill, 
It is lacking. I swear their Tower of Terror was, oh, baby drop, a baby drop, one more baby drop. Sorry, I bumped my mic. And then it was done. And people were like screaming shitless and like crying. <laughs> and we're like, us Americans were like, that's it? That's all? Like what happened? Now the storyline and the effects leading up to the ride were so cool. And the queue was amazing. But then the actual ride was like, I could skip that next time. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, yes, wanna... that is how Rise of the Resistance little baby drop is. <laughs> well, and I guess we can segue into another part of Rise, which is kind of a problem they've had all over the park recently is mm-hmm. they're obsessed with trying to make us feel like we're part of the ride experience or we're, <laughs> we're, we're helping. We're part of this. And, and it's, it's so convoluted and it's so confusing and it bugs me to no end because it's like I'm annoyed as an adult. My my buddy and his kids are here. And typically I always have his son or his daughter on my shoulder because whenever we're around, we're always hanging out with them. And and they don't get it either. And they explain yeah. it so fast. Like, guys, you're in the resistance now. We're going to here. We're going to like, why did you t- like keep this secret? <laughs> yeah, we're going to tell you something really secret. Don't tell anybody. Right. And, and now, like, no, it should have just been like, we're going to get on the shuttle and we're going to blindfold you and show, not show you where we're going. If we want to be you know, realistic here. but <laughs> And they I mean, say Star Wars a- jargon that we didn't even remember in the first place. So when Kylo's threatening you, you're like, I don't even know what they told me. I just know we're going somewhere. And then if you're a First Order fan, you're like, take me with you. I'll tell you anything. I just honestly forgot. But I still want to join. I thought this was a job interview. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, most Disney adults we've seen from Oogie Boogie Bash and from Mickey Spooky Night, like most people are villains fans like we're on board yes. like sign, sign us up like we we're, yes. we're good we we're okay with this so you don't get mm-hmm. it We are constantly looking for new stories to share on the show, either for the Just Some Magic podcast, which we love to hear your most magical moments, or the Just Some Tragic podcast, where we like to hear the worst experiences you've ever had. You can go and submit your stories at justsomemagic.com, and you can submit both types of stories there. There is always an option to remain anonymous, but if you would like to say who you are, we will shout you out when your story is read. I look forward to hearing your most magical moments and your worst moments at the parks. Again, that is justsomemagic.com to share your stories. 